When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word, Ash. Daily, day two, day one slash day two of the Lord's Test, day 12 maybe of the Ashes Dailies overall. Who knows? I'm Jeff Lemon. Adam Collins is with me. We're standing on the hello turf of Lords, um, trying not to get run over by the hovercraft, which hopefully will not come back this way because it nearly took out Adam on the way out. Uh, but, but here we are. We've had a day of cricket remarkably, and Adam's going to tell us about it in 30 seconds or fewer. Well, Australia won the toss and elected the bowl. Very unusual in an Ashes Test, but it was the right decision on the basis that they got early wickets courtesy of Josh Hazel a couple before lunch. England ended up making 258, but it could have been a lot fewer than that, if not for the fact that Johnny Bairstow and Chris Wokes put up some resistance towards the end. Three each for Cummins, Hazelwood and Nathan Lyon, who equals Dennis Lee on 355 test wickets. Australia lost Warner before the close. He was bowled by Stuart Broad. They're 30 for one. Excellent cricket there at the end with um, Joffre Archer on the boot. Most exciting. Set up really well. Set up really well. And um, it, it looks like, you know, we could actually get a result. There'll be, there'll be a bit more time lost to rain over the next few days but it's whether it'll be enough to actually sort of take enough time out. England's been bowled out once. Australia have got to bat quickly. They've got to get a lead and, and then somehow manage to get rid of them again um, in, in relatively quick time. But Hazelwood, the story of the day for me, the way that he started, you know, took the first three wickets to fall, got a couple early. Then there was a partnership with Denley and Burns and then Hazelwood came back and got rid of Denley and broke that partnership as well. So taking the first three to fall, that, that really matters. I'm halfway through writing a piece about Hazelwood now. I love the Hazelwood story this week. I remember watching him bowl from this end four years ago, talked about it on the Daily Pod yesterday, and it was exactly the same. It wasn't the ball that went down the slope, it's the one that went the other way, and it shows mm-hmm. what a skillful operator that he is. The way he picked up Jason Roy probing, just three week, three balls rather, into his spell. Uh, the second wicket which he picked up was Joe Root, which went up the slope, and then working over in tandem, Joe Denley, who looked really good, I yep. thought, either side of the lunch interval. That was probably the most important of the three scouts, because just when they were getting a little bit of momentum, people were saying that maybe Australia shouldn't have bowled first. I saw 
couple of tweets comparing it to Edgebest in 2005. But mm, that third, not Hazel, quite. not quite in the end at all. <laughs> Hazelwood gets that third wicket. Cummins is in the game. A fantastic spell down the other end. There's bulk pressure from both ends from two quality fast bowlers. Yeah. Then Nathan Lyons in the game. He picks up three wickets, goes through the middle and lower order and picks up a couple at the end. So all of these different component parts came together on a fine display of bowling. To bowl out England for 258 yep. on a very true and slow pitch. Brilliant. Well, what Cummins did on the slow pitch really stood out to me. Um, fourth innings at Edgebaston, he got four for and yep. bounced out three of them and then had the one that he pitched up, that, that gorgeous one that just clipped the off stump. I can't remember who he bowled. Who did he bowl? Edgebaston, fourth uh, innings. Come on, pop quiz, uh, that shot. It Yeah, it might have been Joss Butler. Uh, yeah. I think it was it was a right-hander because Nathan Lyon got all the left-handers. Right. But it was one of their high-profile right-handers, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it sort of <laughs> swung in and then beat the outside edge. And yes. The stumps. I've completely gone blank. I don't know why on that. It happened about a week ago. Anyway, this is the perils of these kind of tournaments. Life moves pretty fast. These series. Life does move pretty fast. If you don't look around once in a while, Daniel Norcross is just walking past wearing a fez. Walking <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> we've been at the... We've been at the this has been the Roos Swan uh, fundraising day. We're all wearing red. I'm wearing a, a red flower of sorts. You're wearing a red shirt. I'm wearing a red shirt. Daniel Norcross has got a fez yep. and a, a, a frilly shirt and some red trousers and red shoes showing himself right to the did I say that? Did I? I, I meant, I meant Ruth Strauss. Okay. If I didn't, yeah, right. I, there was there obviously are. a slip of the tongue. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. So I don't know why Daniel Norcross is now taking off his jacket and get, he's limbering up. Oh, he's going to get on camera soon. That's why. He's very well prepared. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll be able to see that on the Yahoo Sports stuff um, a little bit later. But so Cummins bowled a ferocious short spell and he bounced out Rory Burns, who made another 50, having been dropped a couple of times along the way. He looks better. I will give him that. He looks better than in his 100. He actually played the swing bowling from Hazelwood quite yep. well um, and, and adjusted for it. But he did off twice, <laughs> dropped by Kawaja in the gully, um, and then dropped by um, Tim Payne behind Tim the Payne. stumps. Both off Peter Siddle, the poor oh, bugger. i got to say, because he can't take a trick. Can well, he? Siddle didn't bowl well, and his, his first over was, was very poor. And Shaymorn sacked him after one ball, as is the custom. Sure. Jeff um, Boycott on the BBC sacked him because he's not fast enough. They should be playing Mitchell Stark because Siddle isn't fast enough. I'm like, deja vu, mate. Didn't we do this in 2015? Yes, we yeah. did. Well, Jeff Boycott, it didn't work as then. I mentioned in the previous test match, he went on TMS and, and didn't know that Siddle was playing county cricket. So, okay. um, you know, you can almost draw a line through his analysis, to be perfectly frank. Uh, the the way that Siddle came back, though, super impressive. Created mm-hmm. two opportunities, as you say. Dropped in the gully, was Burns in. A far easier chance, Tim Payne, going with one hand for reasons that I'm sure he regrets after the fact. Yep. And then he kept going. That's what I love about Siddle. And, kept and going and picked up Josh Butler. Yeah, Denley edged through the legs of Cameron Bancroft at short leg as well. So there was yes, that one. Yes, that's right. That's so right. He did through short leg. So, you know, so Siddle played his role. Um, Hazelwood outstanding Cummins just gets better and better as the attack leader Lyon gets Ben Stokes leg before almost yep. as soon as he well, he'd been on before but not long after Stokes walked yep. out to the middle he looked like he was on one he was batting beautifully yeah. and Lyon down the slope again he was able to use that angle get yep. him leg before wicket they didn't bother reviewing that that was a no. big turning point in the afternoon as well and one that really hustled through broad to yeah. bowl him because oh, yeah, he can right. be annoying down the order and that was a good ball that sort of skipped on so Lyon you know, and then he got Bairstow caught in the deep to finish it off Bairstow made a good counter punching half century Wokes made 30 odd he's made 30 in every innings in the ashes yep. so far I think so elevate him been, up the order yeah. already elevate Chris Wokes up the order he's a, he's a legitimate batsman he looks better than everyone and else he, and he is wasted coming in at 8 or 9 I think mm. I, I see no reason why, given that Root doesn't want about three anyway, give him a little bit of protection. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's probably for another day. How, how about, before we move on to the, 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 the response to England's 258 by Australia yep. before the close, Nathan Lyon, 355 test wickets, pulls even, as yep. I mentioned in the intro with Dennis Lilly, only um, McGrath and Warren ahead of them. Yep. That's, that's a, it's a, we've said that uh, countless times on the show, but 
another momentous day really in his yeah. career. Um, to think that 10 years ago he was playing club cricket, now he's taken as many wickets as Dennis Lee. It, it's, a, it's an astonishing feat. Oh, it's crazy. And, and I interviewed him on the BBC broadcast at, at Stumps and he was doing his usual thing of just dodging, oh, nah. You know, he goes, no, I, I, I don't. I'll he, think about it at the end of my career. No, he always he says say, that. No, he said, he said, he was a bit more frank, but he said, I don't like seeing my name up there with those greats of the game. Like, he doesn't, he still doesn't feel like he's oh, worthy Nathan. of it. But he is. Oh, he just stop is. saying that, Nate. He just sort of goes. He absolutely up. is. He's, he's like, well, you know, I'm not playing for that. I'm playing to try to win games. But, you know, but obviously I'm proud of it. And, and people have been giving me, sending me messages and so on. So he's aware of it. But um, but, he's, but he's playing it down. But, you know, he deserves a tribute. And he deserves another wicket in the second innings to go past Lily and be third in his own right. At Lords, it'll be a, it'll be a wonderful moment. Uh, re- the response, I came downstairs to watch the response sitting next to a bunch of fueled up Englishman who, who'd had 20 beers, no fewer than 20 beers, I'm okay. sure, by the time that Joffrey Archer and Stuart Broad were opening the bowling at David Warner and Cameron Bancroft. But that was just magic, wasn't it? Broad yep. at one end, Archer cutting Bancroft in half, then nearly taking his head off. Yep. He was setting up the pins and then and then ultimately Broad oh. knocked them down with a lovely delivery. The third time he's gone through David Warner in the space of three innings, he, yeah, he's, on, he, he, he's, got, he's on him. And, that, yep. and that, as we know, watching long five test match series, often something like that can be quite decisive yeah. when you when you go to the end of the series and say when did this trend begin well, yeah. well we had three from three here and you watch David Warner through the World Cup playing test cricket basically through the World Cup and doing it beautifully and now he's in the, the test series he's he's not been able to get away three times which and great, great bit of bowling though yeah. to be fair to broad I mean that, that cut him in half and hit the top of middle stump doesn't come much better than oh, that it was incredible don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not I'm not getting on I'm not piling on top of it. We're just being pelted with champagne corks now. This is the perils of working down on the field. I'm not trying to pile on to David Warner. No, no. Um, it's just that I think when you've... You can have a couple of failures and brush it off, but once you've had three, that's probably when a player starts thinking about it and starts yeah. feeling the pinch. Absolutely. So I think in the second innings here, he'll be um, he'll be toughing it out a bit more. So, what, he made 83 here in the second innings four years ago. Yep. So got some runs here, but... It's, that pressure starts to build up and then Archer I mean there are all these moments that you could have if we were doing Hall of Fame uh, well well, we will be doing Hall of Fame but it could be um, it could be Bancroft's catch at short leg the one that, that got rid of Burns it could be Broad's ball to Warner that seemed in a long way and took out the, the leg bail or it could be the ball that Archer bowled to Bancroft that should have bowled him nearly bowled him somehow didn't bowl him swung through the air seamed off the pitch got through the keeper and got away for, for buys but um, it was just an extraordinary, exciting piece of bowling from the uh, the new man. So Hall of Fame, uh, where are we going to take that today, Jeff? Well, I mean, those those are all options. Those are three good options. Yeah, what are you going to pick? What are you going to What are you going to go with? I've got a better one though. Okay. So when when you were shooting your Yahoo, your so when you were shooting your Crick Post video with Michael <laughs> Vaughan, it's hard to remember what we're doing. Um, ESPN Crick Info were doing their one with Mel Farrell and Mitch Johnson about six metres away to the left and while you were queuing up and about to start Mitch Johnson was leaning over looking at you and Vaughan and just going <laughs> like trying to distract you trying to get your attention and I was like this is Mitchell Johnson he's supposed to be terrifying he's supposed to be like unsuccessfully he, yeah he's supposed to be the scariest man in showbiz and he's just like goofing off like blowing raspberries at you you and Vaughan trying to get, distract you from your work I That's didn't even my notice it no he didn't I didn't I did. even notice it I Don't give cracked a up I well Mitchell Johnson in the Hall of Fame for that moment alone, uh, and and that that might be where we where we bring this to a close. Well, player of the day was player probably Josh day. Hazelwood. It, I think it was Josh Hazelwood because you know who who else can you have? He's the one who he's the one who set things up. He's the one who got things moving. Um, you know, got them in motion. What do you think? Yeah, I, well, it has to be Hazelwood for mine. I think that they showed the savvy <laughs> to 
uh, to, to pick him here instead of Stark. Even yep. though Stark had a compelling white ball record, they made the judgment based on his red ball form, and it's hard to question that. As Mitchell Johnson again tries to intervene in the podcast for the second time by pulling the microphone cords away. Thanks, Mitch. He's terrifying. He's so scary. Oh, now he's making ghost impressions at us. Just, he really is the scariest. Right, we probably should get upstairs, Jeff. But let's do it. You can tell how hectic these things are because the game's finishing at 7-something p.m. and we've got to rush it through it all. Nonetheless, we'll be back with you for the Ashes Daily tomorrow, which will be day three of this test. It's brought to you, as always, by CBUS Super, the industry super fund. Hitting your retirement for six, they've got a 9.23% average annual return for the default investment option over the last 35 years. Uh, you will need to grab a PDS to find out if CBUS Super is right for you. And remember that past performance is not always an indicator of future performance. We see that in cricket all the time, don't we, Adam? Oh, you did that beautifully, Jeff. It's been a while since you've done past prior performance indicators. I'm all so over forth it. I've actually got a tattoo of it. Back in the saddle. It's on my bicep, so when I flex and rip through a shirt sleeve, I can read that. You know, it shows you that my past <laughs> performance is very indicative of my future performance. Wrap this up, Jeff. We'll be flexing from now on. We'll be back with you tomorrow. The Ashes Daily on the final word. See you soon. Good night. That'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran into empty road. This, so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.